Welcome to the Knocking Down Walls Podcast. I am your host, P.L. Brown. Our mission is to define the words which drive our current iteration of society. This episode's word is money. Because of the scope and importance of this week's word, we are going to have a special two-episode examination of money's definition. Money, part one. While money is one of the most utilized, proselytized, and fetishized inventions of mankind, it is also one of the most misunderstood. In America, money represented by dollars and cents is also known as cheddar, cabbage, cream, ducats, dough, bread, moolah, rhino, etc., etc., etc. Because of our world's infatuation with money generation, the list of pet names we've coined for cash stretches into infinity. There are hit songs in every genre of music about getting money, having money, making money, and taking money. As is often said and sung, money makes the world go round. Money is merely an invention, like a hammer, the iPhone, or the internet. Yet, we allow it to hold so much power over us. Money as we know it cannot be eaten, breathed, drunk, or sexed. It is only through our man-made social inventions like barter, trade, and commerce where money can be converted into an actual entity which propagates and perpetuates life. Much like human beings, other animals and insect species have societies, communication systems, ruling classes, and hierarchies. In the wild, there are ant colonies, schools of fish, queen bees, and lion kings. Somehow, even with all of our brilliant and worldwide dominance, human beings are the only creatures on earth who willingly subject ourselves to hours of misery and drudgery with the hopes of possessing an object that itself alone does not aid in surviving or replicating. If you are crossing the Sahara Desert, you could have millions of American dollars in your pocket and still die of starvation and dehydration. So the question is, what is money? Why did humans invent it? And what role did money play in the making of America? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines money as something generally accepted as a medium of exchange, a measure of value, or a means of payment. The YouTube series, The History of Paper Money by Extra History, provides a useful illustration of the exchanges that led to the invention of money. They also describe several currencies which societies have used. Imagine I'm a fisherman and you're a farmer, and let's say that we want to trade. Well, there's this problem. Your harvest only comes in once a year. I can't trade you for a harvest you don't have yet, and all of those extra fish I caught today are going to be pretty rotten by the time your harvest comes in. And while this may seem like a very specific example, trade for food was probably the most prevalent trade of the ancient world. 
So we need to find a third good that we both want that we can trade for. But wouldn't it be convenient if there was some universal third good which everybody wanted and would trade for, so we didn't have to do some long chain of bartering every time we wanted something? Enter money. All money is, is a third good that doesn't spoil and that we all agree has value, thus becoming a unit of exchange, an intermediary good by which all other goods can be traded. And while we often think of coins made of precious metals for this purpose, the truth is, so long as it's durable enough and hard enough to procure, anything can serve as money. Tangent time! Turns out we have used a lot of weird stuff as money over our history. For example, cattle have often served as money. I mean, they're fairly durable, they last for years, they're practical, and they're reasonably scarce. When Europeans arrived in the Americas, alcohol often served as currency. You could literally drink your paycheck. Cigarettes have often become money of prisons and POW camps. Back in ancient China, money in the shape of tools and then knives became some of the first examples of precious metal money. And my personal favorite, on the island of Yap, gigantic limestone donuts serve as money. They are so huge that once they are brought to the island, no one even moves them. They just remember who owns which ones. Money's invention is only possible because of mankind's evolutionary ability to mentally assign meaning to a piece of matter. We love our pet rocks, we show loyalty to cloth flags, and we kill for little green pieces of paper. This ability to manufacture meaning allowed humans to rise from the midst of the animal kingdom where we scavenged bones and etched symbols onto cave walls to building societies where our collective creativity could launch rockets into outer space. Metaphorically, money serves a similar role to society as blood in the human body. Without thought or conscious effort, blood and money circulates through our closed system, distributing fuel and building materials to spur growth and promote life. Money is the oil that lubricates our multi-generational collective hallucination called civilization, which we all inhabit and co-create. Money allows the stewards of our treasures to transform our life-preserving commodity exchanges into the physical manifestations of our human ideations. Our ability to transform paper and metal into an object of affection is merely an extraction of our ability to forcefully evolve a tree into a chair. Philosopher Alan Watts provides further illumination on the illusion of money. Money is a very useful method of accounting. It is a measure of wealth in the same way as inches are measures of length and grams measures of weight. You cannot eat money. You could have a fantastic quantity of dollar bills and uh, stock certificates on a desert island and they would be useless to you. What you would need would be food and uh, animals and companions. Money simply represents wealth in rather the same way that the menu represents the dinner. Only 
we are psychologically perverted in such a way that we would, some of us would rather have money than real wealth. But you know, you cannot drive in five cars at once, even though they be Cadillacs. You cannot live simultaneously in six houses or eat 12 roasts of beef at one meal. There is a limit to what one can consume. The power of money and the need to control it was the driving force behind the founding of the United States of America. In the 1770s, angry British subjects living in the 13 colonies were rioting in the streets, dumping tea in the Boston Harbor and chanting, no taxation without representation. The people were upset at King George's flagrant use of their funds without granting protections to the colonists or allowing for input into capital expenditures. The power struggle over who would control the colonial coin first drove the upstart colonists to war with the greatest global empire the world had ever known. Representatives from each of the 13 colonies gathered in Pennsylvania to sign and ratify the Thomas Jefferson drafted Declaration of Independence. Since money was the driving force of the conflict, it would surprise no one that money would also be the avenue to end it. At that point in history, classic warfare dictated the troops meet each other on open battlefields and tested each other's might by killing the opposition into submission. After several crushing defeats, the colonists understood they couldn't beat well-trained and well-armed British soldiers by traditional means. General George Washington, with the aid of Alexander Hamilton and others, adapted new tactics. The colonists employed a guerrilla style of warfare, attacking in secret, sabotaging weapons, and engaging in espionage. This shift in strategy allowed the colonists to fight and win the Revolutionary War through monetary attrition. Instead of trying to outkill the British, the Americans decided to outlast them. Over time, the British Empire found the cost of fighting too expensive to continue. After expending some blood and much treasure, King George III relented, ending the war and allowing America to become its own nation. After the war, the new country needed to create a system that allowed them to make decisions, repay war debts, and to decide whether slaves would remain property or become people. While the written reasons for declaring independence might have been life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, freedom in action was an exercise of power, property, and money. Tune into the next episode, where we will review the role of gold, the original worldwide currency. Then, we will discuss the modern age where the digital revolution is transforming paper and metal into bytes and light. If you want to understand how money's evolution from physical mass to digital sprites is transforming our lives, click that like and subscribe button. Until next time, it's not who's right, but what's right.